Welcome everyone to another episode of Point of More Returns. I'm your gracious co-host, the masked investor. With me, we have Wall Street C. Wall Street C, talk to us. What's going on today? Hey man, what's going on? Glad to be on the pod with you. I'm looking forward to an exciting episode. All's well on my end, just trying to get some deals done like we were talking before the pod. But yeah, everything is cool. Yeah. And you mentioned you're trying to get some deals done as we were talking before the pod. And you were mentioning that there's some been changes in terms of the environment, in terms of how you've been going about getting these deals done. And it ties pretty good into what we want to touch on today. Today's episode, we want to talk about the new rules uh, for the economy and beyond. And so essentially, as you've noticed over the years, we've got an environment that has just gone out of control. Interest rates have just been crazy lately. Inflation has been out of control. And prices as a you know, trying to get a house, as you've seen, has gotten much, much more expensive. And a lot of people have been saying, hey, I'm just going to wait it out, wait till things come back to normal. Well, we got news for you. It's not going back to the way things were. This is a new environment that we are operating in. And so as a result of a new rule, new operating environment, we thought that there would be some new rules that you should adhere to in order to be able to not get wrecked and succeed in this new environment as it is. So just to kind of start off, well, what's changed exactly? Well, a couple of things, as we mentioned, have changed. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we'll talk to Wall Street, see a little bit, you know, about the housing market. Just give us a little background about where the housing market used to be. Like, what was it used to be like? Yeah, I mean, we we sort of talked about like the different charts and I don't have it up in front of me. So keep me honest on that. But in terms of like affordability, right, like that's nothing new. People have been talking about this for decades and decades, how, you know, home prices are, you know, so expensive in comparison to just median household income. Right. And I don't know when when that'll ever end or that gap will like not be as broad as what it is. So the reality is we have to, you know, operate with the understanding of it's just going to be like very expensive. So what what is the new normal? What are the new rules we need to operate in and specifically with housing? So I think what's going on today currently is, you know, we see the increase in interest rates to try to quell some of the inflation in terms of the, the pricing and how expensive everything is. But from what I see in terms of deal flow, even in like, I'm talking nine like major metropolitan areas is still very competitive in terms of trying to get a deal done. What do I mean by competitive? I mean, like, yeah, properties are sitting on the market longer, like maybe 30, 45, even 60 days now, like compared to 2021 when everything was like going by like really fast. But they're still like deals are still getting done. Like people are still like buying properties. So it's just still very competitive. So I know you probably saw that article in terms of another potential interest rate hike. And what does the future of this all mean? Right. That's why we're here today is talk about like where, where everything is going and how we'll how, how you should like try to navigate with this new normal and the new rules of the economy. Yeah. And just to touch on what Charles was saying about where things have gone and how it's gotten so competitive. We've got a chart here. It shows back in 1980, median sales price of a home in the United States was just $63,700, $63,700. Not, I know some people are like, well, are you quoting my salary? Or, you know, is that, you know, a year of college? No, that's a home price. So basically one, you could pay off your home in almost maybe one, maybe two years or save up and buy it also as well. Now, one thing to keep in mind too, is that you didn't have the mortgage industry like we had now 
where you know people essentially did have to save up to buy a home. You couldn't go to a loan and get a mortgage like you can today. It wasn't until that ramped up into the late 80s and 90s when you know they started ushering in the mortgage industry and advertising this home that things started to really kick off. And so as you had access to more capital coming into spaces, obviously things are going to readjust accordingly. And in reaction, you know, in the 90s, you had a house going for $30,000, which was double the price of what it was in 1980. And you keep pressing on, it's still kind of inching up there, but not at a rapid space, right? And then we just something happens, right? You get into 2005, it's 232.5. And then 2015, it's 289.2. And then 2020 to 2023, you get to what it is today, where it's $430,300 for a home. Now, the thing that comes into question is most graduates are coming out, they're starting salary around $58,862. The best mathematician around, but I'm sure Wall Street C would also agree. You could speak on this as well. Wall Street, $58,862. Is it wise to buy a house that costs $430,300? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I mean, shocker, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just super tough, right? So you're coming out undergrad. You know, you're making 50K or whatnot, and you see average home price, 400 grand, 350, 500, particularly in some areas. And it's like, what do you do? Like, how do you navigate that? Right. And it is, you know, it's difficult when we came out of school and it's becoming more and more difficult to like wrap your arms around ownership, like just trying to acquire assets. It is getting a lot more difficult. Very difficult indeed. And so, that brings you to another part is that even if you could get the mortgage, Wall Street, see, so you're shopping for rates right now. What are some rates that are being quote thrown around your way? I mean, are you getting 4%? Is that safe to say? Or No, it was 4%, man. People will be dancing out in the street right now. What I'm seeing, like particularly I got a quote maybe a month, month and a half ago was like 8.7, 8.9. Now these are investment properties and these are like smaller, like micro deals. Wait, wait, wait. You said 8.7. Is that like a new Maybach or something? 8.7. <laughs> That's hilarious. Nah, man. 8.7%, 8.9%, maybe even 9 I like to say I have pretty good credit, but these are like micro deals. So of course, if, you know, the balance is a little bit larger then you may be able to, you know, get better pricing on it. But yeah, 7%, that's probably like 7% is probably a good rate, like six and a half. I mean, I don't even know what prime is right now, but I can't imagine it being five. I haven't seen anybody get quoted in five, but yeah, six, seven, eight, maybe even 9%, man. That's, that's what I'm seeing out there right now. Wow. So- I thought Wall Street C was throwing new model numbers at me. That's a mortgage interest rate. That is absolutely insane. Speaking of car model numbers, let's talk about the prices of cars themselves. So back in 1980, could have got a car for about seven grand. $7,574 was the average car price for 1980, which, as you know, wow. So you could effectively get a house and a car for about $70,000. And now today's rate, I mean, we've gone to the place where it's just absolutely ludicrous. Where a new car in 2021 was $47,000. Uh, used car is $28,205. And this was 2021. I, I don't have recent stats as of 2023, but you can just imagine what it could be now. I saw the new Cadillac Escalade 
As cups starting off at $100,000, you got pickup trucks that are coming at 100 grand. So safe to say, new car prices are just going to be pretty, pretty astronomical. So you add that together, you got $430,000 for the house, another 50, 60 grand for the car, $500,000 in debt. So half a million dollars in debt with a salary of around $58,862. So you're talking, even if you just applied all of your earnings just to paying down the debt, it took you 10 years to pay it off if you just put every penny to it, which is basically impossible for you to do. So all that said, I mean, you're coming out of school or you may be young in your career, you're, just, you're already out of school and working. You're just trying to figure out what can we do in this environment? Like what, how can I, you know, just, I just want to have what my parents had. And, you know, as we mentioned earlier, the way that happened for our parents is just different now. It's, it's a different environment. Yeah, I so, agree. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I definitely agree. It's a different environment. And, you know, we just have to be vigilant, right? So in terms of how do you actually take action, that's that's the next thing, right? Because we can, can sit here and give you the stats of how dire it is. And we're not saying this to, like, create any shock value or, like, to scare you. But we're really just trying to t tell you these things so you can be fully and properly prepared, right? So if I had to start, you know, my career early on with, like, these mounting expenses, I would say number one thing is, like, Besides being diligent, hardworking, and all those types of things, like that's when after you got like that basic fundamental understanding, the next thing is like there has to be a level of inventiveness. There has to be a level of ingenuity. You have to be clever. You have to look for opportunities, right? I think the requirement to be more entrepreneurial, to sharpen your skill set, like all of those are things that are going to be required. And what I mean is look for opportunities to where there's something missing in the market. Or there's a particular product that's needed or a particular product or service that people need that you are uniquely qualified to do based on your skill set, your talents, like your overall like capabilities. That would be one thing that I would say, like the, the basis of where to start, like besides the typical, like just be hardworking or be diligent. Like I'm assuming, like if you listen to the pod, you already like have the fundamentals on that. So that's why I would start. Exactly, good place to start. The other reason why we we went into the the background like that is just to give you context, right? Oftentimes, uh, I've seen you know some people have conversations. They were saying, yeah, they they wanted to you know to have like what their parents had, and again, like I said, it's just a different environment than what your parents were operating in. And as a result, you're not going to be able to take the same steps or the same path that they did to get there. Hopefully, you know, some parents, they were you know, wise enough to you know, leave you a nest egg or give you a way to get a head start. But a lot of people weren't in a position to do that, right? They have to start out and get it on their own. And so uh, trying to get it on your own, you're, you're going to have to take a different playbook than the playbook that was done before. So here's a couple of suggestions that we would suggest if I was going to get out right now. And start out what we do, right? So the first thing you want to try to do is one, you got to focus on that income first and foremost. Fifty-eight thousand dollars is just not enough to get you anywhere. You're not going to be able to save, even if you were to get in the house. You luck up on a house some way. You're just not going to be able to take keep it up. It, it just would be a bad deal. So the first thing you got to focus on is getting that income up, getting the skill set. So coming out, you know, I, either. One, you go nuclear if you're possible, but you may not have a chance to go nuclear. You may get a job that relocates you to a city, something like that. Well, in that situation, you're going to have to try to see if you can find some roommates, maybe house hack some type of way 
The main thing is to get your fixed expenses as low as you possibly can and just focus on getting a skill set that makes you valuable. In today's economy, it just does not pay to not have a skill set. At 58000 at starting entry-level salary, you're very easily replaced. There's a reason why you know General Motors, the janitors aren't on strike because they're too easily replaced. They could probably replace them in a day if they were trying to go on strike. But the skilled labor is what drives the place, and that's what's able to hold up a whole entire country or even a whole entire economy if they were to go on strike. I don't know if you may remember, recall back in 2001, uh, UPS workers had went on strike, and it just kind of messed up a whole lot of things because they were you know, pretty integral to getting packages. Then you didn't have Amazon. So record stores and companies weren't getting their clothing and their deliveries. So they had some leverage there that they could use in order to to get what they want. And they see that they had another strike here recently and it wasn't as impactful, but they were able to get some labor concessions. But the thing that I would probably look out for from there in is that you're probably going to start cutting jobs there in order to make up for that number. But if you're skilled labor you can command a premium in the marketplace. So you want to focus on getting that skill first and foremost. Next things up is that you're going to have pride for, and this is probably more directed towards the men more so than the women, but I would pick a change in terms of retirement. Now, the whole retirement plan from the get-go has been a sale from the financial industry to push products onto consumers to get them to buy financial products that they have, such as the stocks and mutual funds and portfolios. And not saying that it's all totally bad, but initially, you know, Wall Street, I'm sure you remember that about the pensions, right? When you actually had a retirement, it was a hack from Xerox that introduced the 401k into the retirement fund, which actually was a sham. It wasn't really designed to be a retirement vehicle at first, but they turned it in, companies saw it as a way to take the pension risk off of their books. And they started introducing this retirement vehicles of 401k. And now you're just left to the market in terms of hoping that you, the market will be up in time for you to retire gracefully from uh, labor. But and we can have a whole podcast going into this later on about you know why men shouldn't retire. But just as a man, just I wouldn't really be planning for retirement. I'd say, you know, put away a nest egg. They definitely put away funds. But just have that as, you know, that's going to be my secondary thing. I'm still going to be on the field until they put me in the ground. Another thing is just more ingenuity in terms of like how you're going about what you're going about. And what I mean by that is that you're going to have to start looking for opportunities where others may see challenges, right? Trying to solve problems, right? Trying to find ways to uh, bring value where others may not see value. For instance, you may be walking around at your job and you start noticing that people are commenting about, man, you know, when I get to work every day, there's this, the walkway from the parking lot to the uh, entrance is just bad, right? And I'm just making a hypothetical situation, I mean, even though this has already been invented. And then you'll think to yourself, okay, well, if everybody's complaining about, you know, walking from the parking lot to the umbrella, well, maybe we need to put a garage here that will cover people employees as they go about and you know you can work with somebody and come up with that and present that to the company and that's a way for you to make some additional money or maybe start off as a company and go to other workplaces and things like that but you're going to have to start being ingenuity coming up with ideas it's just going to be an ideas economy moving forward people are going to be using ai to leverage ideas 
your content is going to be more valuable. Uh, so just finding ways to be more ingenuity in terms of your approach to what you're going about from your day to day will allow you to see spot opportunities when others don't. And that will just become a Maxwell after a while. And you'll eventually hit on something that will allow you to start bringing in a little bit more income or even take off from there. Um, Another opportunity that we want to try to highlight to you as well is in the Wall Street, see this will delight you. But I think you maybe flip the way that you go into housing. What would you say about that in terms of staying? Instead of you buying a primary residence first, how about you just start buying rental houses? And then once you have enough income from that, you use that income and buy a primary residence. Any thoughts on that, Wall Street C? Uh, yeah, you you know you're speaking my language now, man. I mean, that's definitely what I would have done. Like, you know, it's kind of like if I had known type of thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And you mentioned a lot of let me let me just highlight a, a few things that kind of go into what you're saying in terms of the real estate piece, because you said the going nuclear piece, right? You said the house hacking, right? Maybe. And it may not even be a house. Maybe you house hack like an apartment if need be, right? You're just looking for ways to like cut your expenses and like hold on to more cash so you can invest it or, you know, put it into a business or, you know, set it aside so you can like take care of whatever expenses that are coming down the road. Because we didn't even talk about like this. We didn't even talk about the student loan like deficit and what's going to happen with any of that. Like we didn't even make it into a pie. But yeah, in terms of real estate itself, it's like I definitely would have. I kind of did a hybrid of that when I started out and I would have probably gone straight into it had I known like how like lucrative it really is because on paper initially you just get one rental. It doesn't look like that great, but just like everything else, like you keep working and it compounds and it really turns into something. So I agree, man. I think those are excellent points you're making. Yes, indeed. Which ties into my next point, my next point, And uh, it may take a while to sit with some people It may be, something, but I really want you to consider this. Have an open mind to this because I really think the situation has gotten this dire that you, you, you really have to adopt this or else if you if you want to become eventually uh, a player and have some things and progress in the space, if you're perfectly fine, just, you know, you want to enjoy your life, then go ahead. But for those who want to get ahead, I mean, it's gotten this here that if you don't do this, I don't think you really, it's not really a lot of chances for you to get ahead. But other thing is, the rule is if if you earn the income from your labor, I uh, shouldn't be spending that. You need to try to invest that or suck that away in some type of asset until you can get enough income coming from those assets, which is like what Wall Street C was saying here with the housing or buying rental houses, buying into investments, you know, dividend paying, ground floor investments, things like that that generate cash flow from those. Then that you take that money that's being generated passively and spend that for your fun and things like that. But I really think, I mean, from where you where you're coming from now at fifty eight thousand and housing prices are just going to continue to rise. Just doing the math on compound interest over time versus where salaries are going and where companies seem to kind of have them locked at. Don't see Wall Street see. Do you think companies are going to? raise salaries and pace to keep pace with with where things are not even keep pace but catch you up first of all and then keep pace with inflation and whatnot no <laughs> i mean again i'm i'm saying that tongue-in-cheek but no because one it's not in their best interest but two i think that's going to be like a very difficult 
arduous task, right? I just think, you know, the progression of the gap is really difficult to navigate. And once you get behind the eight ball, so to speak, it's really hard to get from behind the behind it so no i don't like yeah they'll try to do like some things to try to improve wages i'm sure right but in terms of actually catching people up i don't foresee that no yeah i think of it like this i mean kobe bryant had a really good bit where he talks about and i think he illustrated the power of compounding interest which is simplifies it right so he was talking about how he would practice right he would go out he would practice two, three times a day, right? So well, meanwhile, the competition is only practicing once a day, right? And so you got to think about that. Over the course of a week, I've done three practices a day, let's say 10 days. So three practices a day, I've done 30 practices, you've done 10, right? And just compound that out over a year, you know? So 52 weeks, three, so I've done 150, you've done 52. It, it, after a while, there's just no way that you can possibly catch up. Even if he slowed down, you can't catch up. You just can't catch up. You're so far ahead in terms of the skill development that you can't catch up. You're just behind for life. And that's compound interest. I mean, that's what you're up against here. You're up against compound interest, which is, you know, housing price to comp it annualized is four, five percent, which seems small, right? But over time that compounds and that's what you get here where you go from a house at sixty-seven thousand dollars starting out in 1980 to $430,000 today and whereas income is basically stagnant i mean when we were coming out of school in the 2000s it was fifty thousand dollars coming out so it, it's just not it's, you're just not in a game that you can win just counting on the graciousness of your employer and so that's why I say I think that you would have to take that and look into that very seriously in terms of I'm gonna set aside these expenses. You know, obviously you got set expenses, food, water, housing. But if you're really getting after your skills, you're not gonna have time to be going on trips and buying a bunch of stuff for the house and buying a bunch of clothes and things anyway, because you're too busy trying to skill up to get that income up. Maybe, you know, once in a while you can treat yourself, but at the main point, you need to be getting that passive up because that's the only way you're going to be able to find something that's going to compound enough to kind of keep pace with with where things are, uh, or else you're you know you're you're not even going to be keeping pace. You're going to be just going backwards. You know, the next thing that I just want to touch on is that you're going to have to, and this is the big one: partnerships. Just partnerships is just going to be the name of the game, I think, moving forward. Uh, and Wall Street, see, I'm sure you can speak to this. I mean, when you were starting out in your industry, right, it was mainly, you know, just small mom and pop investors, right? Just buying houses. So what, what's changed recently? What, what's been coming to the market that that has just started making things really take off? Yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of those things, right? It's definitely like technology has added to the ease of like being able to partner and do partnerships and like specifically in real estate, like their podcasts out there, of course, like the bigger pockets is like the, the large one that like people know about and the ability to just go in and like create like a JV, a joint venture or do some type of real estate syndication. Or now they have all these digital platforms you can just invest and in. like it's a fund that's pulling your money to go in and buy properties i mean they're just it's so many different opportunities 
that create more competition that are out today that just didn't exist, you know, 10 years, 15 years ago, even five years ago. And it's not just real estate. It's like literally every industry that you can think of is people are looking to partner. They're looking to, you know, take more market share. They're looking to do bigger deals. They're looking to, you know, get get in the space and get in the spaces that they've typically, you know, not been able to because they may themselves not have enough capital. So that's that's I guess one of the main things that I'm seeing. Exactly. That's the one of the main things is those partnerships, you know, those big real estate investors that have come into the market and started buying houses because they've got larger, deeper pockets because they pulled their capital together. And now you've got, you know, Blackstone competing against, you know, Wall Street C, you know, Blackstone with a trillion dollars in assets, Wall Street C, you know, he, he's he's doing his thing, but he's not at the trillion. Well, unless you're old, like you're telling us that. Yeah, that's hilarious. No, I'm not, I'm not quite at a trillion in assets. So <laughs> I have a ways to go, man. You'll, you'll be the first to know, though. <laughs> okay. Yes, indeed. So it it's just. I think it's the time to start moving to partnerships. Um, the single solopreneur is is not just entirely a thing of the past, but you know, competition's just gotten more fierce, and it's just gotten so much more targeted. It's probably best if you get together with your friends and you guys start buying into these houses. And another reason why I say that is partnerships is probably the future, is also because of how. They're starting to change some of the rules in terms of structure and allowing fractionalization and things like that. So instead of, you know, they're being able to buy a, a whole house, they're going to piece it off and sell it off to a bunch of investors and do it in the funds and things like that. So it's just going to get much, much more hyper, hyper, hyper competitive moving forward. And so if you can, the earlier you can get on the trend and get ahead of it, the better, because that, after a while, it's just going to be really, really tough to try to get in the game even with the partnership you're going to probably have to do something bigger than that so but those are kind of where we're going to leave things at for today we didn't want this episode to be super super deep there's new rules abound but those are the kind of the main ones we wanted to touch on uh, just to run it down for you again one you want to have a adjust your actions change your attitude towards retirement be more ingenuity in terms of your going about your day, work in partnerships, and then lastly, make sure that passive income is the income that you spend off of and live your, any income that you had to work to earn. You're using that solely for the purposes of trying to get you passive income so you can take advantage of that compound interest so you won't become a ghost. Uh, anything else you want to add into that? No, I think you articulated perfectly, man. I, I appreciate you like, you know, running and you were cooking. I just needed to pass the ball and get out of the way, man. You you definitely like touched all of the major points. And I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm proud to see that, you know, I think people are going to get a lot of good information out of this. So we appreciate you all listening. This has been another episode of Point of More Returns. Until next time. 